Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. The llama drama straight from the horse's mouth. More new roads for Watopia and world switching. The double draft, it might be bigger than you think. The rivals, what the frank is going on? And trainer talk, something new from tax and a little bump in the road for Wahoo. Well, neither the Zwiftcast Algo nor its not inconsiderable bot army, I'm delighted to say, have booted our favourite Aussie and he's live and kicking. G'day, Shane Miller. Um, maybe we'll get into your YouTube llama dramas soon, but how's things otherwise, mate? Uh, yeah, look, summer is coming. The weather's warming up. Lots of K's uh, out in the road and indoors too. Lots of newer devices coming along for the bike for me to break and test out. So, yeah, lots to talk about. And a uh, little confrontation with the taxi driver, which amused millions on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, I'll keep that one off YouTube. That may just go on my personal channels for uh, very obvious reasons. My vocabulary was limited to about five words that would probably get me thrown off any other platform. <laughs> uh, well well chosen words, sir, Shane, and I'm sure every cyclist would have sympathised. Uh, the ban hammer's not descended <laughs> on you recently, I hope, Nathan. Gary, yo, dude, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. It's funny, early on, uh, there was a ban hammer, actually, really early on in all of this, but uh, we can talk about that in a minute, maybe. But things are good. Good. Glad to hear it. Okay, well, let's get this out of the way. The Llama Drama, booted from YouTube for some kind of crazy uh, technicality, no interaction with a human. You were shut down, depriving millions of viewers of your content. A week prior to YouTube taking the channel down, I was dealing with a single strike in the background. So I was dealing with that in private. I got a slap on the wrist, but I still had no idea what I had done. There's no help desk support. It's all generic. The best response I could get was that I violated the community guidelines, which could be anything from nudity through to posting the worst possible content you could imagine. Now, I don't even think I ride with my top off indoors <laughs> on camera. So it definitely wasn't nudity. And I haven't done anything else. So I, I couldn't work it out. So it took me two days to figure out what I thought had happened. And then I'm like, oh, it's that link. Oh, it's probably downloading, you know, people using YouTube as the audio source. And okay, cool. Let me go through and clear all that up. No worries. I can't live stream for three months. Slap on the wrist. I'll deal with it. But then one night, wham four more strikes on the channel it was shut down now this wasn't just youtube that shut me down i also got a message saying please back up everything because your gmail is going to be terminated that's my email that's my google drive account that's my pay i'm a premium member i'm a premium paid user of a number of their services it was all about to go god i mean it's like it's like Digital execution. It was, absolutely. YouTube were then actively encouraging people to unsubscribe from my channel because this channel has been removed due to terms of services. Please click here to unsubscribe. I'm like, well, that's me done. So I just took a sleeping tablet and I oh, don't do drugs, kids, but I, I took a sleeping tablet and look, I'll deal with this in the morning. And then uh, the next morning it had been restored, but wow, what a storm. Like, you know, a thunderstorm that you get in some rides, especially the hump day ride with all the thumbs come down. It was like that across all of social media. The entire internet took to YouTube and hey, look, fully restored. So what I couldn't do myself, the community helped me with. So the account was restored in the morning. So look, I guess in a nutshell there, my channel has helped hundreds of thousands of people. Yet when I needed help, just one little bit of help, YouTube are unable to actually do that. And to this day, they refuse to contact me about the specific details. All they needed was a, hey, Shane, this URL, just maybe remove that. This would have all been sorted. So with my help, intent to help people, that's the result. Have you yet spoken to a human being in, in, in over over any channel at YouTube? No, no, not at all. YouTube do not apply um, any human rules until you're, I think, over 100,000 subscribers plus. They may assign you an account manager. I get it because I think I think every minute there's 400 hours of video uploaded to YouTube. So it's a massive scaling issue. I guess this is why a lot of people don't produce content because... Yeah, you deal with the trolls, you deal with people trying to fault anything you say, even your accent or being bold or talking too quick. But the very service provider that I used to deliver my content kicks you off. Like, it's all smiles in front of the camera, but yeah, that's just about it. It's all a front at the moment. It really is. I'm uh, extremely frustrated with the the process of it. And uh, look, I was always planning my pivot away from being the YouTube guy. It's just accelerated that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the problem is, Shane, they're the only game in town, aren't they? If you want to reach people with video content, uh, you know, in an easy way, which is easy for users to access, they're they're pretty, well, they're not the only game in town, but but they're the biggest game in town by, by a long chalk. 
Yeah, for the archiving and because, for example, now all my kicker videos, my Neo videos, my driver videos are going through the roof because it's now becoming ergo season. That's what I wanted to do, grow a library of 700 to 800 videos that people could use as a, as a learning resource. Um, so YouTube is the only real place for that that you can monetize a little bit from. You can go to Facebook, but Facebook's again like a flowing river. If you don't see it in a few days or so, it's gone. And so you can get the views on Facebook, but the engagement and the actual interaction, which allows people to look at the library of content, that's where YouTube is where it's at. It shocks your many fans. I mean, last question to you on this, because we don't want to dwell on it too much, but it is, it is good to hear it from the, I was going to say the horse's mouth, good to hear it from the llama's mouth. Has it forced you to or, or made you think about reconsidering what what it is that you do or which channels you use? I mean, is there an alternative? I mean, I was once the IT guy, then I was the time trialer guy, then I was the Zwift guy, then I was the YouTuber guy. And then, yeah, what now? I'll just become the next guy who does something else. And if it's in the background working closer with companies behind the scenes, and I'll just leave my content up on YouTube and just close the door on that, leave the content there, and then just work for companies behind the scenes, consulting possibly with my tech background, or we just go back to IT security because everyone's being hacked these days. That's my previous life, actually, if, if people weren't aware of that. Nathan, it, it was a shock, wasn't it, to, to those of us kind of close to Shane, but but on the outside. Uh, and it was just incomprehension that, that this could happen. I was, I was like, what the heck? What happened? Like, I still don't understand what happened, actually. I, don't, I still don't even see what... Well, technically, <laughs> I encourage people to break the terms of service because I was encouraging people, showing them how to download audio off YouTube... And that's a violation of the terms of services because they can't show people ads in the audio. Big Brother I had the same watching. thing happen to me early on with Zwift, actually, because Zwift was such an anomaly to the gaming world that uh, we were streaming on Twitch. And, and it was when it was prior to ZCL, to Zwift Community Live. And it was the Nathan Guerra channel where we were doing racing broadcasts. And it was just getting going, though. And we were doing... Zwift, and then I was also riding outdoors at times, and they banned my channel for non-gaming content, and it was just gone. It was literally, <laughs> it was literally just gone. Well, bots and algos, you know, they're going to become an increasing part of life, and the frustration of dealing with them when things just clearly don't make sense, or, or, or you know, you just need a human being to under, to, to understand and explain. Uh, you know, I think this this kind of frustrating situation, unfortunately, is going to become more and more common. Anyway, I, you know, I'm very, very glad it got resolved, Shane. And so were literally thousands of other people. It was great to see the support you got in the community. And, you know, maybe it played a part in getting you back on. Uh, it was great to see. Oh, for sure it did. I can absolutely guarantee it did because I was screaming pretty hard in the background and wasn't getting anywhere. And then when... Uh, all my friends screamed very, very loud. The chorus was heard. So, no, I do thank everybody who, uh, yeah, chipped in for that. So, yeah, much appreciated. This is the Zwiftcast, the podcast for Zwifters. Okay, well, let's get on with stuff. Uh, and goodness me, we have a lot to discuss. Let's start with a little bit of news that slipped out amongst another bit of news, uh, both from the pen of Zwift creator John Mayfield just a few days ago. John's delivered a load of detail about plans for world switching, more on that in a minute, but he also lets slip that there's a new mostly flat extension to, Aust uh, to Watopia on its way, which was quite a surprise, actually, to me. Um, extension is good. We like extensions. Mostly flat. Uh, you know what? I hope that mostly flat actually means rolling. I, I think it's the one style of terrain on the whole of Zwift that we really need more of. I mean, the the S's on Watopia, they're probably my favourite ever, ever bit of road anywhere in the Zwift universe. I'd really like to see more of that rolling terrain. What, what do you think, Shane? Yeah, look, everyone loves Watopia and everyone is going to love more Watopia. Uh, so, for, yeah, for sure, bring it on. As for rolling, that's going to push some technology to the limits because a lot of people will get on their trainers and depending on the trainer you have, maybe three years old, maybe brand new, depending on what technology you're connecting with, it doesn't quite respond how you want it to, especially in the rollers. So, as yeah, there might be a technical issue around why there's not that many rolling hills in Zwift. But we'll, we shall see. I mean, code's getting better, so, yeah. I'd love it myself. It'd be great to race on. It is a good point. It is a good point. It, it, it is good racing territory, isn't it, Nathan? I mean, rolling works, works for racing, works for group rides, keeps things interesting without kind of instantly smashing a group to pieces. Yeah, I like the uh, the rolling terrain a lot, personally, too. I mean, uh, for racing, it, it 
it instigates a lot more. And I almost a lot of times during the commentary will say that the rolling terrain treat makes it more like a crit course. If it is a, uh, a little bit more of a, a shorter course or something, um, it just it just causes this uh, this constant coming at you. But at the same time, like you said, doesn't smash it to bits where you can kind of hang on to the group and the draft a lot. Some of New York is kind of like that now. But um, the the Essies really is the only place otherwise that has that feel. So it'd be pretty cool to get some um, some cool terrain like that. Mostly flat is interesting to me that they'd be adding. I think we have a lot of flat already, don't we? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, we do have a lot of flat, but you know that's the popular stuff, isn't mm. it? That's where mm-hmm. people like to ride. <laughs> you know, that's where you that's where you find most riders on the mostly flat stuff and. Uh, so I kind of understand the reason why we might get a bit more, a bit more mostly flat. But I, like, like I say, I hope mostly flat really means rolling. But good point, that Shane on the on the technicals. That may well be something behind the scenes that has prevented uh, uh, more rolling terrain appearing in front of our eyes on our screens. Anyway, let's get on to world switching. It is coming. John has announced in a post on the Swift forum, which gave a ton of detail of how and why. Now, for those who may have missed it, it looks like the format will be Watopia plus a guest map or maps. And that will be served up sometime this winter. So, uh, some wags have um, pointed out that winter actually doesn't officially end until March. But anyway, we, we will see when it comes. Uh, and it looks like we'll have a kind of swifty way of travelling between maps with some kind of funky aircraft thing doing the heavy lifting which looks like fun uh, what do you think Shane? do you want me to tee off on this or do you want me to do you want me to have a go do i need to crack my knuckles on this and, and go well yes we, i i would like to hear you crack your knuckles but be, before we do <laughs> before we do that let's let's just get another view um i mean i thought okay. it was well received within the community generally actually in fact made much mm-hmm. less of a fuss than i thought it would uh, I actually thought it was going to light a bit of a fire, and, and actually it didn't. It was pretty well received. Uh, but before you crack those Aussie knuckles, let's hear what Eric <laughs> Schlange, editor of Swift Insider, thinks. Now, Eric's been a leading light in pushing for this. He, he had a big, big editorial last winter calling for it, so his views are significant, I think. Here's what Eric thinks. Now, this is an issue I've been harping on since last winter, especially on Richmond days. I love racing in Richmond, and I love all you Zwifters, but free riding with 2,000 of you on the streets of Richmond turned my experience into a sort of misery-filled conga line. Heck, even the flat routes of Watopia are crowded these days because, let's be honest, not every day is an Alp day. Right on! I gotta say, when I first heard the plans, I thought, that seems like a complicated solution to a simple problem. Let us just choose where to ride. Right on. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is actually a brilliant solution. It keeps plenty of riders on course so we never feel lonely, but it also gives us Watopia anytime we'd like. Right on. And that's what most people want anyway. I mean, think about it. The hack is used to ride Watopia on non-Watopia days. Nobody is world hacking into Innsbruck. It also lets Zwift bring exposure to maps developed for partnerships like Innsbruck was for UCI Worlds or London for the PRL. And I'd say it'll make it easy to start rotating more than one guest map in the future if things get too crowded on the two available maps. So I'm all for Zwift's map choice solution. My only complaint is that it's not already here. I do hope we'll see it in game in the next month or so. I hope that when John said this winter, he didn't mean March 2019. Give us an early Christmas present, John. Maybe even a Black Friday surprise? Okay, well, Eric's last point is pertinent. Soon would be good. Um, Shane, Knuckles, um, are they primed? Are they ready to crack? Let's hear it. Let me me have a go. Hang on. Oh, Oh, I, that, that I was real. That. I, that, that was apologies <laughs> for the listeners who were up turned it turned it up to eleven right there. Uh, look, my take on this one and that that whole post from John or from Zwift HQ. So look, it was good to hear from Zwift HQ on their position. But let's start out by saying, look, they're not wrong in what they've said. Zwift is their platform. It's clear that they have a plan and a roadmap. We're just we're effectively paying guests. the The concept of Watopia plus one guest map isn't what people have been asking for. Um, what I see asked for a lot is world selection, and this is not world or map selection. It's an alternative, which by all reports and it's all all uh, feedback we've seen has been warmly welcomed by the community. It really has. My question is, do people enjoy doing intervals outside in real life when they have to weave through large bunches? That's you, you go and find a quiet road somewhere else. So it's training's sort of it's very different now. It's it's almost too social on Zwift. 
And it seems to be there's a fear of people training or riding alone. And this comes through in the article posted by John. And something else I picked up on as well, they, this, this one really didn't, this is probably the key article or the key quote that really didn't sit well with me. We could have added map choice during the peak seasons, but the fallout from Zwift is when they lose the feature in summer would not have gone down well. To me, that's like placing a bowl of food in front of a hungry dog and then kicking it away because they've said they could have given us map choice, but you know, they're coming up with the very thing people are asking for, but they're not going to give it to us. But again, it's their house. It's their roadmap. To wrap this up though, my little rant and my knuckle crack, Watopia Plus One concept has been received very, very positively. It's actually been received a lot better than what you or I or anybody of us thought. We were sort of having a chat thinking, you know, how are people going to respond to this? And look, at the end of the day though, the Zwift experience doesn't change for what we already have. You just don't have to wait for the next day for the calendar to change and switch maps. Yeah, there's some good points in there, Shane. There's some good points. My overwhelming thing, and I'd really like to get your take on this, Nathan, is that what we do as subscribers to Zwift is we submit ourselves to a curated experience. And John is the curator, you know, he's the curator of the art exhibition or museum or, you know, that's the usual context in which you'd th- you would think of as a curator. But, but you know, increasingly now in the modern world, there are, there are curated experiences. And that now seems to be... And I think this was a, was a real clue, actually. John's the curator, and, and he decides how we're going to experience this world that he's created. You know, let's not forget this. You know, this is John's vision. Uh, it always was. He remains very, very strongly in control of the Swift experience, and he's the curator. You pay your subs, and you decide uh, in doing that that you're submitting to that curated experience. Uh, good thing, bad thing, Nathan, or am I just talking a complete load of rubbish? <laughs> well, that was some pretty intense language. Submission I heard in there, curator. <laughs> I mean, I was, whoa. Okay. Um, at the same time, I've sat down with John. He's like, you got some ideas? Bring me some ideas. What's your ideas? Do they Are they cool? Are they not cool? Hey, we've thought of that idea. We, you know, so... I mean, I do know that he is open to, to feedback, and I think that's part of why this was posted is to say, hey, and you know that um, we've been thinking about this, and um, here's what we've been planning on. But I'm like, I'm half in the water, half not. Like, I feel like it's lukewarm, and I want to spit it out a little bit at the same time. But it's just a maybe from me on it. Like, I want to see how it works. Um, I'd like to see maybe multiple map rotations. The comparison I always use is in gaming and um, World of Warcraft in a PvP environment, so player versus player environments. And they did end up with like empty servers in World of Warcraft where people just ended up being like not going to certain servers. But those who like to roleplay, it wasn't like they were totally empty. It was just like it was really easy to get into the server because nobody liked to hang out there or there wasn't very many people there. I've, I wonder if that would happen in Zwift where you would get like people who are just really into Richmond or people who are really into Innsbruck or people who are really into, I, I think you might get these pockets that like just enjoy to do something on that world and, and, and like the lesser population. I mean, we broke 7,000 just the other day. Okay. And it's what November. So, I mean, we're, it, it's rising quickly and it's very populated I personally, I'm a little, I'm, but it's only like 60, 40 for me. Like I'm 40% like super cool, but 60%, I'd maybe like to see world choice a little more and see what happens with it. I think there's enough people. And if somewhere's a little less populated, maybe get this niche of like Richmond rowdies that just race on Richmond. <laughs> That's what their team name is or something. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I could see that happening. And, and that, you know, again, some very good points there. And, do you know, I'm sure all these points are raised and discussed internally. And, you know, what we sometimes don't see or the community doesn't see is the level, intensity and extent of the internal debate that takes place uh, uh, within Zwift over over these, you know, what, what are effectively big decisions. I mean, very big decisions. For my money... <sighs> Do you know what? I think they might have got this one right. If you, if you accept that this slightly weird concept of, of the curated experience that Swift is, if you accept that, I, 
I think they might have got this 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 right. It, you know, it seems quite an elegant solution to me. But as you say, Nathan, it'd be very very interesting to see how it plays out. And of course, nothing's forever. You know, it could change. This just could be the first step in in a longer journey of of world switching switching and world selection. So let's see how it goes. But it has been a long time coming and it's not here yet. It would be great to see it fairly soon. Uh, I hesitate to use that word soon, which has become a bit of a meme in the Zwift world. But um, um, as uh, Eric Slanger said, it would be, it'd be great to see it sooner rather than later. What is really good is, is John allowing the community to see inside his head, uh, kind of in, in posting the detail of the way um he's thinking about this and the way the thinking on it has evolved i thought that was a really really welcome development i'll be pushing zwift ceo eric min on this and on lots and lots and lots of other matters of great interest to the community in our big interview which happens annually i mean we talk to, to eric a lot but there's this big sit down interview i do with him annually where he lets me ask him anything very generously um that's going to be the next episode of the Zwiftcast. still time to let me know what you'd like me to ask eric Head to the Zwiftcast listeners group to do that. I'm Simon Schofield. This is the Zwiftcast. Well, the indoor season is really getting going now and my dodgy left knee has exploded just in time. So I'm off the bike, injured, frustrated and grumpy. I really, really, really don't like it when I can't ride. But if you can ride, then choice is expanding and competition for Zwift is intensifying. Well... Maybe. Uh, Frank Garcia has launched, well, kind of launched his very own platform, CV Arcade. Uh, let's just discuss those very first screenshots, shall we, boys? My, oh, my, oh, my. They got a big pasting on social. 8-bit, 2-bit, 1980s graphics. Are you kidding me? And they were some of the kinder comments when Frank hit us with a preview of some very weird-looking avatars. Uh, followed up with some more conventional-looking cycling avatars with their arms raised aloft in victory. What the devil was the tactics here, Nathan? I mean, was this deliberate trolling? A huge misjudgment? Make a splash with something so terrible it was bound to get attention? What the Frank was he doing? <laughs> All right, so two things I got to say. I, that You could be right about what you just said. Like, that could be right. Well, all the latest of video, <laughs> okay. The 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 the, the deliberate trolling, huge. You know, you know the make a splash, and then come out with something different because we did get the, the avatars the next day, or two, uh, two days later, whatever it was. But it wasn't the latest video release still. And here's the thing: we have lots of competitors with Zwift that sit firmly within that genre of platform. Frank does not want to make vertical road grand tours one lap and just be another thing out there you have in my opinion now now the graphics there's a whole nother thing okay it's a i'm talking about just the idea okay i'm not talking about what it actually looks like or how it plays i have no idea on any of that except for what everybody else has seen here so i think the thing is is that if you're gonna sell something new and compete you got to be very different, and I, I think that to really gamify, you go all in then. And so I think that's what he, I think that's what they're after there, and and I think they will get a strong pull. I think they'll get a strong pull with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But hang on, yeah, but but Nathan, but but people hated it. I mean, it was it was laughed out of court. So it's all very well seen, very different, but different's got to be like good. Yeah, I was talking about the idea, though. That's what I just said up front. I was talking about the idea of it. Now, whether or not the screenshots were a good idea is a whole nother idea. <laughs> okay, but, right. okay. but okay. so so yes, they. I looked at it was like I can't tell what that is even. I okay. I literally couldn't yeah. tell what what was going on. I couldn't really tell what it was when I saw the video today, to be honest. And, and I mean, this is just honest. This isn't like Zwift <laughs> fanboy stuff or in any yeah. way whatsoever. I'm excited actually that some gamification in a platform that has to do with riding a bicycle is, is, is there. And mm. like, you know, way back in the day, Frank and I would have lots of conversations about this was before even CVR. Like we'd have conversations about like, 
man, I really wish there was an open API so we could do what like, you know, Warcraft 3 turned into Dota and and, and now that's one of the largest gaming uh, esports that's out there. And maybe what if Zwift would let people help and, and, and all this cool stuff that we were talking about. And now I'm seeing him go, right? And I'm like, uh, but anyways, like, yes, it doesn't look polished at all. Graphics can always come around. Okay, now I... You know, they can always come around. If the idea is good, I don't know, though. Like, um, So, t- I mean, TLDR, you're, you're as confused as anybody else. Yes, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm very confused by the images, except for the idea that if you want to make a poll and do a, a genre that's not just a one-lap or a Ruby or a whatever it is that's just a cycling simulation, you have to make something very different that people gravitate towards. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Shane, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I do admire Frank's ambition and enthusiasm and drive. I mean, you know, he, you know, maybe even obsession. I mean, Frank, you know, is big on this stuff. But launching his own platform in direct competition to Swift with no doubt a fraction of the resource, is he mad or is he inspired? Ah, yeah, interesting one. And I had the same uh, response as everybody else to their first screenshots. But my confusion was around the fact they were on sort of of motorized-looking devices. For me, to relate to anything cycling, your legs have to move. Otherwise, you're on an e-bike. Actually, no, even most e-bikes do move. Look, I think Swift have been hesitant when it comes to the e-sports and racing scene to date, though they've tinkered in it a little bit, but and that's definitely going to change in the near future from what we've heard or on the grapevine. But look, it looks like Frank is zooming in on a few things we've discussed on our Zwift wish list for years, which is the steering, the wind, the gamification, the enhanced drafting, making it a cycling experience. So is CV Arcade competition? Well, in regards to putting bums on bikes, yes, but in regards to going head-to-head with the experience Zwift offers, well, technically, no. Look, who knows? Zwift may even pivot, and there's that word again, away from you know a relatively small number of competitive races that this market is really catering for and focus back on those 50%-plus people I was talking about before who are training cyclists who want to use their time indoors to train and go off and do some sort of better workout mode or better you know, data analysis or even fitness tracking that Zwift doesn't quite do at the moment. So, look, there's room for both. Um, I'm not sure. I guess we have to see what's up the sleeve of Zwift um, from Bernard. I mean, sorry, John. And um, yeah, there's, there's a gap that CV Arcade is coming in to fill and uh, they'll be successful if they can do it right. By the way, Bernard's a reference to Westworld if people weren't aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I, but, but, but going back to that, if, 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 you know, Zwift are a company with, with, with millions and millions and millions of dollars to spend to develop the platform and 200-odd employees and a huge vision. Now, I'm not saying Frank lacks vision. He certainly doesn't. But I do think he probably lacks the millions of dollars that Zwift have got. And he certainly lacks 220 employees, I would have thought. It's just such a huge mountain to climb to take them on on the same level. But maybe that's not what he's doing. Maybe he is picking off that to some extent, low-hanging fruit, all those stuff that have been, you know, all that stuff that's been sitting on the Zwift uh, requested features list in some cases for years. You know, Frank very astutely has maybe gone and looked at that and said, well, this is what people are asking for. This is what what I'll give them. But it's not easy, is it, to launch something really good really quickly? And that's what Frank looks like he's trying to do with, you know, a fraction of the resources of Swift. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that 100%. There is just um, a little bit more polish, you know, or I don't know, maybe a, a car and that has um, side doors and, and a hood and things and then, pol- and then put some polish on it. Um, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, he's got there's an engine. An engine there. Okay. An engine. I'll give it that. There's an engine there to do some things <laughs> with. You can turn the key. I just want to yeah. see what happens on December 1st though. We all are. Oh, here's the thing. We are all making so many assumptions and I have, wa- I have mm-hmm. watched. Of course we are. I have watched the worst, not the worst, I shouldn't say the worst. And if it's the worst, then maybe it's just going to fail. But I have watched some bad games kick the crap out of other games that didn't do what people were asking for. And now it took over the whole gaming world. And you've got the whole PUBG era and Fortnite whole thing just because Armour wouldn't do what they were being asked to do. And, And 
they're they, okay. They don't have a lot of overhead. You said this earlier. Zwift has 220 employees. So look like CVR, who are they or CVR Cade, they don't have to pay a whole lot of people. They don't need a whole lot of users to keep on growing. If they pull a small group and then can develop off of that small group, there is something there. And maybe it's just going to be like whatever it is with, they don't care because it's so small, but CVR Cade will care and they'll develop their thing, which is pretty cool. And, and as, as you just said, we don't know. You know, we don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not in the in the base group. Um, I've not actually asked to join. It'd be interesting to see what Frank's response would be if I did. But um, but we don't know. We don't know what's happening. And and I'm sure Frank is is only letting very selective information out. Um, so yeah, uh, be a very very interesting one to watch and and see how it develops. One thing is for sure, uh, there is going to be a really big move around racing related stuff from the Big Zwift uh, pretty soon. And in the end, it's a bit of a truism, but competition is great for the consumer. And even if you don't race. I do think there'll be kind of trickle down benefits in in product development from what's coming from Swift. So, uh, as ever, this is a very fluid, very dynamic, quite fast moving area, and I think this indoor season is going to be a really, really interesting one. I mean, while we're discussing rivals, Shane, I've not really seen any game changing or show stopping moves from Virtugo or Road Grand Tours. They are tiny in comparison to Swift, of course, and as far as we know, not very much money and not very large teams. Uh, RGT posted recently, I think, that they have a team of about six developers. I mean, can they compete in a meaningful way? Would you have expected to have seen more from those those two names this, this indoor season? Yeah, I was really hoping to. Uh, I know Road Grand Tours has some new courses um, that are looking pretty good, open fields, and it looks more like outdoor cycling that I'm used to. So I'm looking forward to looking at that experience, big op- you know, just open fields or what I call sheep patrols. So hopefully they've got virtual sheep. But look, back to the question about six developers. Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon you can get away with six developers producing a really good product. As long as you've got good project management there and clear goals about what you want to achieve, you can't be everything to everyone. But if you had a clear goal and you had the engine sorted, let's just say they're using Unity, so that's the engine sorted, so compatibility there. You've got an artist or a couple of artists. You've got a you know, project manager, someone with the communications. There's really not that much more to it on the surface. Well, Rogue Grand Tours have said they're working on improving their drafting physics. Um, and there's been a bit of movement here from Swift 2 with the selective introduction of double draft. Now, I think this has been rather badly named. I'd prefer to call it True Draft because the drafting model in Swift to date, and this has only come out recently, <clears throat> excuse me, has been deliberately manipulated so that you don't get the same benefit in Swift from drafting as you do in real life. I, I didn't know that, I have to say. The rationale was that it, it was easier to get a decent workout. Was that a good choice from, from the gun chain to to make the draft in Zwift less effective than it is in real life. Yeah, look, I'll loop back again um, to the statements around Zwift being social and the social experience and being all about the social. Well, for me, social rides outdoors are cruising along, chatting to your mates, having a laugh, and about 50% of that time you're coasting on a bike. With the um, explanation about their draft being tweaked a little to make the ride a little harder and a better uh, or better workout or a harder workout, that really goes against the social side of things. You don't have time to talk. You're too busy sort of suffering on the bike to enjoy the ride. Um, yeah, look, the lack of real draft in Zwift is something that experienced cyclists have to learn when they first get on Zwift because they'll ride up into the bunch and stop pedaling and get shot backwards. It's something you have to learn. Um, but it also it, could, it leads, what I've experienced, is to for faster burnout too because if you're racing a lot on the platform – Zwift is a time trial. It's really, really hard. You cannot coast. If you were to give any coach at the data of a Zwift ride without telling them where it is and what it's all about, they'll look at that and say, well, that's a time trial because you didn't stop pedaling anywhere. There's no sitting in having an easy roll. So I've had many discussions. Well, we've had many discussions around the drafting and lack of coasting. But today, we've sort of just had to accept it is what it is. Well, I, I've not ridden any double draft events. I, I don't know whether I've mentioned already my troublesome and annoying left knee. Yeah, I think I did, actually. Nathan, you must you must have, have, have ridden some double draft. What, what, what do you reckon to it? Um, I think that the double draft is good. I think that a lot of people are against it. But I think the reason being is because the packs are too fast. Um, and so I think if we had true draft slash double draft plus, um, the packs weren't increasing their speed so incredibly, um, 
out on Zwift in a way that we are traveling at speeds you don't in real life, we would have something that it does feel like more, more like real racing. Um, so what I've experienced though from it is that, and I've only done a few double draft events, but my experience has been extremely positive that I was sitting in and able to rest and then able to, to push again. It, because the main thing that would frustrate me the most with the regular draft on Zwift is that I would be in an attack or in a situation where, uh, in a group ride or whatever it was, we were racing in some sort of way. And I was the guy who was being the jerk off the front maybe, but <laughs> whatever the situation was, I would always find that I wouldn't be able to push the wattage that I normally would when I'm trying to increase our speed in a breakaway, I would be stuck and I'd be limited into a time trial mode, like Shane was saying, actually. Well, I mean, we feel like we're deep in the weeds here, but, you know, I mean, the draft is of great interest. It's a subject of enormous interest to Swifters. And indeed, to a Belgian academic called Bert Blocken, who's a professor in no less than the built environment at Eindhoven University in Holland. He did this research a little while ago, but I thought he was revisiting, actually. Bert has discovered that the true effects of um, of the draft in a large peloton in real life had actually never been properly modelled in a, a wind tunnel. So he set about doing that. He used a supercomputer and quarter-sized models of 121 cyclists. Let's talk to Bert and find out what he found out. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Bert Blocken. So you did what, quite amazingly, I thought, nobody has ever really done before, which is study the aerodynamics of the peloton. Before we get into the results, Bert, what I'd really like to know is what did we think we knew before your research? The, yeah, the, the, the information literature actually on drafting in pelotons was quite limited. Yeah, there's a lot of wind tunnel tests that have been performed on cyclists where um, yeah, people found that if you have four drafting cyclists just in a line and without crosswind, that uh, already the, the third and the fourth one would have about uh, a 50% drag reduction. So yeah, then being in the belly in the middle of a peloton of let's say 100, 120 riders, you have to be more shielded than just being number three in a, in a row of, of three or four. So, so uh, the, the, the only research that, that had any kind of degree of scientific credibility suggested that in a pace line, if you were last man or last woman in a line of four, it would effectively be 50% easier to go the same speed, uh, taking into account air resistance. Yes, yes. So depending on the source, as some mentioned 50% that you find in, in, uh, in most books on, on cycling. Uh, and in some scientific articles, uh, you would even find 70%. So that your air resistance would still be 70% when um, you are somewhere in a peloton. One of these articles actually also admits that they take this value from an old wind tunnel test of two riders, where they find that the second one drafting behind the first one has a 70% uh, air resistance left. Right. So when you say 70% air resistance left, you mean there's a 30% shielding factor. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a a kind of widely accepted uh, number amongst the cyclist community. Most people would say it's about 30% easier to to cycle in the draft. draft. So that's what we thought we knew. Um, Just describe your experiment to me in a little more detail than I did before. We decided to set up both uh, CFD simulations or computer simulations and independently from that, also a winter experiment. So what we did actually was scanning one of my PG students and we kind of cloned him 120 times, both uh, numerically, digitally, but also um, at, at quarter scale models in the wind tunnel. Um, and then we looked at different uh, peloton configurations to really see at what position, um, what air resistance reduction you would uh, be able to, uh, to obtain. And let's get to the to the meat of the story. What were your findings? Well, the, the findings actually, because we first ran the computer simulations, and when I found, when I got the results of the first computer simulation, I had my doubts because we found that being very well hidden inside the peloton, more towards the rear, um, your air resistance, so not total resistance, but just, just the air resistance, would go down to five to ten percent that of a cyclist riding alone. Good Lord. So in in other words, the draft effect, if we may call it that, was, was more like 90% than 30%. It was effectively 90% easier. Yes, yes, exactly. It, it's very, very rare these days that in, in science you find um, yeah, differences compared to previous assumptions that are like a factor 10. 
So I thought, okay, let's this this we certainly have to double check this. But then we set up the wind tunnel experiment. From the wind tunnel test, we found the we found very similar results. We found that it would be between seven and ten percent, uh, which is very close to to what came out of the the computer simulations. Gosh, I mean that is astonishing. So if you're if you're in the bosom of the peloton, in in the most protected area. You you effectively you know effectively it is it is eighty to ninety percent easier. Yeah, well, well, I would need to specify that um, what we studied was only air resistance, uh, and if you're riding actually at such a low air resistance, um, then the the other resistances, um, rolling resistance, wheel bearing resistance, drive frame resistance, would be almost equally high. Um, so this this five to ten percent that you will find in terms of air resistance would in reality, in total resistance, be 10 to 20 percent. Um, and that would then be the total resistance. So, yeah, that is something that uh, this holds as long as the peloton is closely packed. Excellent. Uh, an absolute pleasure and, and a real education to talk to you, Bert. Thank you very much indeed for your time. You're very welcome. OK, well, that was very, very illuminating to me. I mean, I, I always knew that if you were in the belly of the peloton, and to some extent I've had some personal experience of this, you can go fast for very little energy expenditure, but but to hear it quantified in that way is absolutely amazing. And you do hear that anecdotal stuff of you know Tour de France riders on a on a flat stage uh, sitting sitting in maybe a third of the way back in the peloton, you know, and doing maybe fifty k an hour for for eighty or a hundred watts energy expenditure, and you, you, you've often wondered to yourself how that could be possible. But you know that that experiment from uh, Bert Blocken has, has has scientifically proven that that that, that does work. Um, so it does raise this question of of whether Zwift should just implement true draft across the board uh, and make the cycling simulator that Zwift have produced a proper 100% cycling simulator. So it really is like real life. Uh, Greg Leo, co-host of In The Pens, the racing podcast for Zwifters, has some useful and interesting views on this, so I thought it might be worthwhile getting them. Here's Greg. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Hi, Simon. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you back. For those of us uh, that will be you, without a completely cropped left knee, which I may have mentioned already on the podcast, what's it like to ride the double draft? What I find is that the sitting in the pack is quite a bit easier than it used to be. When it comes to kind of the, the lull in the race where <clears throat> the pack is just kind of cruising around, you know, I might be in, in zone three, sometimes zone four, maybe zone two. I find that now I, a lot of the time I'm just cruising around in zone one, just sitting in the pack, getting a lot of rest. So that's the main thing I notice. Sitting in the pack is going to be quite a bit easier than it used to be. And that's really fascinating, actually, because that accords completely with the research conducted by Bert Blockins in the interview we've just heard. So, you know, double draft or true draft, as I prefer it to be called, sounds as though it does really accurately replicate the actual aerodynamics of the of the peloton. So I, I guess the, the question is, is, you know, should Swift have done this from the get-go? I guess the, I guess the question is, what are we after with in a drafting algorithm? You know, I mean, is this about making exciting races or is it about coming as close as we can to reality? And I, I don't have the answer to that. You know, I, I don't, and I don't think there is a right answer. I think it's, it's a matter of what the community wants and what Zwift wants. You know, people are saying that the speeds are now too high. There are some goods, some bads. Um, some people like it. Some people don't. Should Zwift have implemented it in the first place? I, you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think if, if this had been the default from the beginning and now we were we were teasing uh you know draft half draft or what you know whatever the actual default is right now i think people would have the same thing you know some people would like it some people would say it's more realistic some people would say it's less realistic uh i think we need a lot more testing and a lot more tweaking to understand how it uh, affects races and what's going to make more exciting races you know that because that that could very well be um, one of the one of the goals for for changing the draft in the first place and, and I think that probably is one of the, one of the goals is, is to make racing more exciting it's a textured question which I think there's probably no kind of immediate yes or no answer to D let me ask you this though do you think double draft or true draft do you think it should be rolled out so that more 
ordinary non-racing Zwifters who might ride in group rides uh, or, 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 or join ad hoc groups on the road. Do you think it should be rolled out so that more Zwifters get an experience of it? I, I think so. I think it really is. It's very nice in a, something like the Tour of New York. Um, you know, something that's not quite a race, not quite a ride. I think double draft creates more of a social experience. So, you know, some people want to race and that's fine, but it does create bigger groups. People stick together more. And, um, you know, I think that's nice for those kind of events, for the Fondos and for Tour of New York and things like that. And, and, and finally on this, Greg, actually, what do you think about it? It's quite a significant change, this, isn't it, to, to the Zwift experience? It's kind of crept in a little bit under the radar. It's it is it is a big difference. I mean, we've had the same draft algorithm since since the start of beta, and and now we're getting some options. Um, I, I find it encouraging that uh, you know Zwift is interested in these fine details of the of the rider experience. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think everybody would agree with that. It's great to see development and choice and uh, and possibly possibly progression. Great, excellent to get your take on that, Greg. I was going to say thank you and goodbye. I will say thank you. I won't say goodbye because you're going to pop back later in the podcast to talk about. Uh, Strava Interval Art. Uh, we'll leave that there for now. But um, thanks for that for the moment and talk to you again very shortly. Okay, see you then. And that's the central question, isn't it, fellows, really? Does Zwift keep it real or make it real? <laughs> uh, I mean, what they've done so far is not make it real. That They've obviously got the potential and the capacity to make it completely real. Should we just switch completely to double draft, to true draft and and make that the way we now ride in Swift. Well, I think there's a couple of things here, and I think this is related to a lot of topics we've talked about today already, actually. There's a lot of hand-holding. Our users don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't have, I, I, like, and, and I don't necessarily, I look, I don't necessarily disagree with Swift on that. Now, sorry, everybody, but like, um, at the same time, I do hear in the back of my head, um, what is it? Zwift now, win later, and all of a sudden, maybe the results aren't quite there any longer after we give everybody true draft, and and it's no longer Zwift now and win later. So I mean, there is that reality, like Zwift now and fat later or something, because they get rid of the because they add true draft, and everybody just sits in the wheels of the fast guys willing to work on the front, and it becomes too much like real life at the beer ride. And I mean, and we've got Simon here hanging on. I don't know, man. <laughs> well, it's a reasonable point. It is a reason. I mean, I guess what you're saying is the intricacies of of understanding the draft are are just too difficult to explain to the average swifter. I mean, is that not is that not just I don't know. Is that not being a bit patronizing? It is. It is. No. 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 I'm saying though that it is a theme. Some of the interactions with the users. We are going to curate, like you said earlier, the experience rather than give them the options and think that they know what they're doing with this thing. Maybe give the options and just give a really good user interface explanation of what's going down. You want to go and get a good workout? Maybe head on over here with workout mode. You want to sit in? You can do that. You want to race? Look, our draft is all about what racing feels like. Here you go. And just give that up front in the presentation of whatever you're entering in the world of Zwift. I think what this episode actually, uh, and, and the, uh, the true draft thing, the double draft thing, I think, I think is really strange because this is potentially a hugely, hugely significant thing for Zwift. And it's kind of crept in under the radar, I think. I mean, you know, it's not been hidden, clearly, but it's not really been trumpeted. And, and it could fundamentally change the Zwift experience. And, and it, it's interesting to me the way it's just kind of crept in rather than rushed in. Uh, but maybe that's because I've not been riding enough because I don't know whether I've mentioned this, boys. I've got a bad left knee. I'm Simon Schofield. This is the Zwiftcast. Let's have a little trainer talk. Um, increasing numbers of reports of difficulties with the new Kicker 18. Now, that's unusual for Wahoo. Very, very reliable company. Very, very reliable products in general. Um, and to their immense credit, Wahoo seems to have a very slick and efficient method of, of dealing with these problems. And of course, we have no idea of how many trainers are affected or what proportion of 
of the production run of, of the new Kicker 18 has been affected by these these difficulties. It could be a tiny, tiny number, and they are dealing with it very, very, very quickly and efficiently from, from people I've spoken to who've had these problems. But it's pretty much the first time, to my knowledge, um, Shane, that Wahoo have hit a bump in the road in this respect. I mean, other other trader companies have. What, what, what do you know about it? Yeah, look, I've seen quite a few reports of that. I'm across um, Slow Twitch and uh, a number of forums, especially the, the Kicker owner group. Um, there's a lot of squeaky wheels out there um, posting up their experience. Um, but yeah, I do echo the what you've seen there of the warranty uh, being pretty quick on it of the fixes. Look, I've tried to break mine as I, I try to break all my equipment actually, cause it makes for good YouTube content, but I ha- unfortunately I haven't broken my kicker 18 or the kicker core that I have sitting next to me other than the stickers flying off the kicker core, which is kind of funny because <laughs> so the adhesive use on the kicker core, this is the only complaint I have with my kicker core is that the, uh, the adhesive use on the um, chevrons on the flywheel, they just dislodge a little bit and start making a bit of a noise and then it gets really violent and then they fly off over around the room somewhere and they land on so it was it was kind of funny i had about five or six of them fly off and land all the different spots of the room so that's my only complaint at the moment my uh, my kicker core looks a little bit like me it's now bold but um yeah look back to um to wahoo though look um i think yeah we're seeing more than normal um but i don't think it's i'm, I'm not calling um i'm not calling it kicker gates just yet I'll keep a close eye on it, though. Right. Yeah. Well, what, what, do you know what the nature is? Is it one particular problem they've got? Yeah, there's a little um, uh, It's a little chuck key thing. It's sort of deep in the internals that wasn't pushed in far enough or something. I've had a look at the fix that people have sent through because while we're offering to people, yeah, here's the full um, recipe of how to do the fix yourself. Mm. Or you, And then if you do it yourself, though, I think they'll give you $100 credit or something. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I've seen them talk to a few people about. Or they can have a local service center do it. Um, and it requires a bit of a strip down, just a pushing in or a little replacement of a little tool part and the way they go. Mm. So if it's a physical thing like that, you can be guaranteed anything coming off the production lines as of that, as soon as that was identified, that'd be fixed. So yeah. there might be a few still out in the, in the woods at the moment yeah. that are like that. But um, yeah, once they're up and running, yeah, no complaints. They're nice and quiet. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, the other solution I've, I've actually seen offered to some people is, look, if you can't be bothered to do this, this fix yourself or you don't feel confident doing it, we'll just send you a new kicker. I mean, you know, they do seem to, you know, there'd be no questions asked on, on, on acknowledging that there is a bit of a problem and 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 offering a, several ways to fix it very quickly. But good 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 work from Wahoo that I think. Yeah, for sure. Look, their distribution network is pretty extensive all around the world, so I think they're on top of it pretty quickly. Neo two has been launched to be greeted by not a whole lot of excitement. I must say, actually, I mean, really small changes to what must be said an already brilliant trainer. Uh, but I'm not rushing out to update mine. A bit of an odd update that one, Shane. I thought. Yeah, look, um, I, I mentioned this and uh, a bit of feedback direct from Tax was, oh, that was a bit unfair. That I, I called it a Neo 1 with a new set of pants on because they've changed the colour <laughs> underneath. But look, to, to their defence and to their credit, I guess, um, the Neo 1 was well ahead of its time. I've only recently done my two-year review of the Neo 1. It's sitting right behind me right now with my Vector 3 pedals. I'm still using my Neo 1 as a reference point for power. It's still up there. So to bring out the Neo 2, what could they refine? There's a lot of internals that they haven't really told us about just yet. They said, oh, it's going to be the yeah, future enhancements. And we did see the Neo 1 originally go from just normal mode. And then they introduced the road feel or the surface simulation. So whether they have something like that up their sleeve, I'm not quite sure. Um, it's still more of a Neo 1.5. Well, I love I love mine. But I, I, was, ra- I was rather relieved to see that I, I wasn't actually going to put my hand in my pocket and buy the new one because I just didn't think it was worth it frankly you know I and mean, I still I still love mine and I wasn't seeing anything in the in the Neo 2 that made me think mm, got to have that one thing that's in the uh, the Neo 2 that you may not be aware of and they haven't really trumpeted this there's a I think it's called an impedance um, detection so it actually detects when your foot passes the back of the trainer so it knows left and right power so it actually has got some magic inside that it knows the proper left right power without a cadence sensor so I'll be looking into that in a couple of days. I have a box sitting next to me, and I think it has a Neo 2 in it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, you, you've got a box with a new trainer in it, and you've not even opened it, Shane. I mean, oh, man, that shows how spoiled you are. It's, I've got three, actually. It's, it's busy. It's busy times. Okay, well, that's pretty much it, actually, uh, fellas. Um, I'm hearing rumours, and it'll probably come too late for this podcast but i'm hearing rumors that probably just about as we uh, as we publish going back to the bad old days of a major update hitting immediately the zwickast is published that there might be quite a big update next week with possibly level 50 
deafening silence from my two colleagues have no idea how to react to that because it's not in the script and it's not public knowledge yet. Um, but <laughs> I'd call level 50 the Tim Searle level. <laughs> but let's say we did have a new level 50. Would we, would we be pleased? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, super. I'd have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> something to do. Um, you know, lately it's just been lots of HIT intervals and it might instigate me to do a few endurance rides and not just race and, uh, do some high intensity intervals to keep a little bit of shape. So I'd be excited for that to start unlocking some stuff and see whatever, um, you know, comes along with those levels. Levels means that there's going to be things to go along with that. So yeah, I'm super excited for that. Would 50 be high enough, Shane? I mean, it doubles, doubles, doubles the um, seating at the moment, which is 25. Yeah, it depends what's required. We haven't heard any talk of the requirements of going there because, as I've mentioned, I. It's got to be the Tim Searle level. He, he has, has to be it. Uh, maybe Scotty Weiss is also up there at the overall kilometerage count or mileage, I think is the word. Um, I'm not sure. We'll have to see what the uh, the goals actually are, how, how far that carrot is away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a time yeah, well, we game. Did. It's a time game. That's the other thing. Like levels and experience are based on time. And when you don't release levels and people gain experience – you kind of, I don't know, like it just, you have to kind of put it on like a, I guess you get level cap for a long time in some other games. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just beating a dead horse there probably. But. Beat a dead horse on the Zwiftcast. Are you genuine? You know, I've never known the Zwiftcast vlog a dead horse before. <laughs> but I, if I'm level capped, maybe I don't have anything to ride for. Actually, I might have just totally eaten my own words. Um, as you uh, referenced him a couple of times, um, and I, I think I know the reason why, Shane. Uh, Tim Searle, I mean, I mean um, it, very, very well known to Aussie Zwifters and, in fact, Zwifters around the world because he leads the, the huge, very successful uh, Aussie Hump Day ride as well as a, a number of other rides. Very, very active Zwifter. And he's worth mentioning because sometime in the next couple of weeks, he's going to hit 100,000 kilometres on Zwift. That's about 60-odd thousand miles. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? And the thing is, I mean, I've ridden in real life with, with Tim. He lives in Brisbane, right, which is just a... I mean, I have to say, it's a great place to ride a bike outside. But uh, Tim loves his Zwift, does he not, Shane? Yeah, just unbelievable. I've, can, can I say balls of steel? Is that okay? Can we say balls of steel on the... On the what? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah, what an amazing speed. I really yeah. hope, and I'm like, I'm, I won't try and put the pressure on anybody, I hope he has a 100,000-kilometre ride scheduled. That's one I'll join, and that's one I think we can really talk about yeah, because when he yeah, does it, yeah. there won't be more than a thunderstorm. There will be, I don't know, balls of steel storm. I mean, that's that's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. That's so, look, well, the images, I, 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 I'm not sure I want to visualize that. I'm oh, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean You don't understand what you did with the ride on just now, Shane. Oh, my God. Oh. I've got all kinds of mental. I've got all kinds of mental pictures. I don't want to be seen. Strike move. Yeah, look, I'm just trying to gamify things here. It's innocent. Uh, Let's move this conversation on. Have you two seen this craze for Strava interval art? Uh, Started by our friend Greg Leo. Actually, the idea is you build an interval and then do it on Swift, and you tailor your efforts in such a way as it makes pretty pictures. Uh, Greg can explain it better than I can. Here he is. Uh, well, welcome back to Greg Leo, who was uh, on the podcast earlier talking about that very interesting subject of double draft or true draft. Hi again, Greg. Hey, Simon. Uh, you didn't see it while I was gone, but I did a wardrobe change just so things would feel a little bit fresher when I came back. <laughs> the ultimate professional. Strava interval art, just for those who may have missed it, just just tell us what it is. I mean, we're, I think we're all pretty familiar with Strava art, but you seem to have you seem to have invented a kind of subset of it. The idea is essentially, okay, so you do a Zwift ride, and then at the end, you get the ride report. And I find it quite beautiful. You know, the the amount of power you uh, produce changes the color and the height of the bar at the same time. At some point, I started posting um, intervals just, or I started doing intervals just for the picture they would create at the end. You know, uh, I realized uh, in, in doing one of them, I, afterwards, I kind of noticed it looked like a cityscape. And I thought, you know, it was about the time where uh, New York had been released uh, on Zwift. And, and I thought, you know, maybe I could actually draw the skyline of New York just using intervals. So this is sort of where the idea of the interval art contest came from. 
and uh, remarkably accurate it was too. I mean, you know, the people who claim to spot the Chrysler building or the shape or rough shape of the Chrysler building and stuff, and sufficiently accurate for it to uh, to get picked up by the press. The um, esteemed organ, which would be familiar to uh, UK uh, listeners, uh, Cycling Weekly, picked up on this. I am curious to see what what people come up with. You know, it's a, it's a very limited medium. But, you know, so is Twitter and so was Vine when it existed. You know, Vine was like the seven second videos and people did all kinds of like very creative things with it. So, um, I, I, you know, I really want to see what what others can can make with just this limited set of brushes available to them. Well, people are endlessly imaginative on these things. So if, if people want to enter this contest, which I assume has got no prize and it's just, just for the bragging rights, um, if they want to enter this contest, what do they do? Just 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 make one of these things and post it up on Zwift Riders? Yeah, so there's uh, there's two categories. We have the erg mode category. That's what I used for the New York skyline because, you know, that it's it's almost like um it's it's almost like creating art with a stencil. Right. You still are using your hand to draw, but you have a guide. That's kind of the erg mode category. And then we have a freehand category as well for people on, you know, regular trainers using a power meter. Uh, so so go over to Zwift Riders and you can find the post there. You could probably just search within Zwift Riders for interval art contest. Um, do a ride on Zwift. Take a screenshot of the ride report at the end and just post the screenshot there with a little description of the ride, maybe give it a name and what category it was in. Uh, that's all there is to it. And we're going to be uh, having a judging of this at the end of the month. Obviously, my entry has been very, uh, very uh, hampered um, by... Uh... Have I mentioned this, fellas? I've got a bad left knee. Um, and so I've not been able to enter this competition. Um, have you two, or do you intend to make some Strava interval art, Shane? Would that be a hopeless distraction to your many other uh, duties in keeping the world informed? My artwork at the moment is limited to the Llama Lab test, which is a couple of slabs of steady state and some over and unders after a sprint. That's about it. But look, this um, I, I did uh, tinker with this a while ago. I've created the Sydney Harbour Bridge interval. Um, I've created the Llama 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 and the uh, Shark Week, which was just a shark fin thing, which was really, really uh, hard to get through. So I'd forgotten about those until I saw uh, Greg's effort of New York and bravo. That was hands down brilliant. Uh, Nathan, presumably your like four-hour rides don't make for particularly inspiring visual representations. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a desert. They're just a desert. So, but. The, uh, I mean, literally, they're just, well, they're not yellow usually because that's zone four, but um, I'm actually, a, he, he tagged me as a judge, uh, me and I believe Carissa, the admin, so I don't have to do it, right? Because <laughs> I'm a judge. So <laughs> I get, uh, uh, yeah, so, so let's, uh, let's get uh, some, I mean, so far, I mean, New York's pretty amazing. There was a Golden Gate Bridge. There was some other pretty creative stuff out there so you know more entries bring them because i'd love to we, we haven't done any judging yet i haven't talked to chris at all about it yet actually so we need to get, make this a little more official i think so it'd be pretty cool well it's official now it's on the Zwift cast okay that 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 really is it now apart from one last quick question to you which is about questions actually so i'm sitting down with eric min next week um one question from each of you two one question and one question only that I can justifiably and with a straight face and a song in my heart ask Eric Min what would you like me to ask him Shane oh look I've racked my brain about this because it was in the show notes here but I think given uh, a question that has never ever been answered properly and given light of recent happenings and releases my question for Eric will be kicker or neo <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think. Do you know what? I think. I think I asked you the same question last year, and you gave me the same answer. So I'm going to give that a bit of a fail, mate. Actually, oh. Nathan. Nathan, can you do any better? Oh man, I want to know what he thinks about world choice. Ooh. Mm, yeah, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> you see, I, well, I, I, I've, I've been working on my questions for Eric, and I was going to be a bit more spiky than that. I was going to oh. reframe that as Eric, who runs Zwift, you or John? Oh, oh, oh. I know. Better question, Zing. though, isn't it? Oh man, was that what I was saying? Uh oh. <laughs> Not touching that one. That Not touching that saying? one. So, um, otherwise, I'd like to talk about esports. I just want to hear him talk lots and lots about esports. So. Yeah, well, I think that's I think that's coming not 
too long after I sit down with him, actually, uh, without giving too much away. But anyway, okay, uh, enjoyable one, boys. Thanks very much. Last opportunity for you two to let the listeners know what you're up to. Shane, what's next from the Llama Lab Production Centre? Oh, look, hopefully not getting banned from any other platforms. Um, I'll just keep ticking along. And uh, look, no, lots and lots to come up. We've got uh, the Neo 2 stuff. I'm back on the Vector 3s after a year. I gave them a whole year. I've been having a staring contest with the Vector 3s after my problems. But hey, look, all's going well there. Um, look, I just have to say, look, support the content that I make. Support the content that people that you like make. Uh, the Zwiftcast, subscribe. Just go out there and support what people are doing because to be a content creator, there's a lot of peddling in the background that you don't see. And we need the support of everyone. So yeah, just go out and support your, your, whoever you listen to and watch yeah, that's a very good point. It is a very good point, actually. Uh, you do, and 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 that's particularly a case in point given given what's happened to you um, in, in recent days. So yeah, support Shane if you can. Hit subscribe and watch his excellent videos. Uh, Nathan, I watched uh, a bit of your stream last evening of um, the race involving the Academy finalists, and we really, really should have talked about the Academy on this Swiftcast, but uh, yet again, it's been kind of squeezed out by other stuff. Um, I, that was a really good event, I thought. I, I, the stream was excellent, uh, really high production values, but really good to see the rest of the community getting involved with the Academy finalists, I thought. Yeah, the I mean, the comments were just flying left and right. Usually, like, you got to wait for them a little bit, but it was just you couldn't keep up with them. Uh, a lot of community engagement, a lot of people cheering on who they thought were their favorite uh, finalists. It was really interesting to see them use the platform in that way to have a race up to the top. Uh, it was interesting to see Ali Jones jump out there last year's competitor and, and, and uh, you know, take out what it looked like to be uh, first or second, depending on how the results end up there. That was cool. But then watching the two go head to head up over the top of the Zwift is awesome. So the productions were on point. We had a, a great time doing it. Uh, as far as what's coming up next, I mean, a um, lot of stuff like that. I think there's a GCN race. Uh, coming up next week sometime, I believe Tuesday, and a couple of them after that the following week. So we're really partnering with the community a lot too. We've been doing the Grind Fondo with uh, Team Draft and Team Dirt, uh, and just uh, as well as the, the usual KISS races. I mean, SCR, there's just so many community events out there that we're really trying to get around. Huge ra uh, racing focus though. With all the you know the background uh, buzz around esports right now, so that's kind of been our focus. We are looking to maybe add a couple more community, more community-based things that that don't just focus on racing, but that's definitely the highlight right now on ZCL. And you know, another plug to listeners to to tune into ZCL. You know, another set of content creators who work very hard on your behalf, without sounding too kind of sanctimonious about it. Uh, you know, it's not easy making good content, and um, uh, there are there are there are bumps in the road sometimes, as, as as Shane has recently found out. So support your content creators, please do hit subscribe. Thank you very much indeed, boys. Always enjoyable. Uh, I've enjoyed this one no less than many of the others. Um, I know you're going to wish me the, uh, a swift recovery from my bad knee. Did I mention my bad knee? The, uh, the... No, no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> hope, to, hope to see you in the true draft soon there, Simon. <laughs> I need to get back on a bike. I get really, really grumpy when I'm not on a bike. Uh, thanks very much, boys. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Talk soon. As is customary, a few words of thanks to Zwift for their generous support for the podcast. Uh, but despite that support, they don't influence anything we say during the broadcast. Hope you enjoyed listening. See you next time. <laughs>